listening to the Good News in the Dark World podcast. Join us as we study God's Word and discover Jesus on every page. Here's Pastor Kevin. We find ourselves this morning in Matthew chapter 3. We're going to finish uh, the third chapter by looking at verses 13 through 17. Now on the surface, this uh, seems to be a pretty straightforward account of the baptism of Jesus. Uh, But on further reflection, this is really a very profound portion of Scripture that uh, reminds us and pictures for us what the Lord Jesus came in order to do for our salvation. So Matthew chapter 3, beginning at verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. As you know, there are some things in the Bible that make us ask the question, why? Why did Adam and Eve eat the fruit? Why would Solomon even want to have a thousand wives? Why would Peter pull out his sword and cut off a guy's ear? Another question that we often ask that is a why question is why was Jesus baptized? On the surface, it it doesn't really make any sense. The last two Sundays, we have celebrated two different baptisms. and, And one of the points that I've emphasized and that in baptism, we are pointed to the fact that we need to be cleansed from our sin. All of us, by nature, are sinners. There's not one person in this room this morning that is not a sinner. All of us need to be cleansed. And and just as water washes dirt from our bodies, so it is the blood of Jesus and the blood of Jesus alone that cleanses us from all of our sins. But Jesus never sinned. Jesus was never a sinner. Jesus didn't need to be cleansed. And so we come to a passage like this one and we ask the question naturally, why would Jesus be baptized? That is what is before us this morning. Jesus coming to John the Baptist to be baptized by him. Now as I said to you a couple of weeks ago, Matthew is making the point in the first part of his gospel that Jesus is reliving the history of Israel in the Old Testament. And, and we've seen a couple of those parallels already. Jesus is sought by a wicked tyrant, Herod, just as Israel was sought by a wicked tyrant, Pharaoh. Jesus came out of Egypt, chapter 2, just as Israel came out of Egypt during the Exodus. 
This morning we're going to see another one of these parallels as Jesus passes through the waters of baptism just as Israel passed through the Red Sea. We'll see another connection next week in chapter 4. We'll see another connection in chapters 5, 6, and 7. And what Matthew is doing in this is he's telling us that Jesus is the true Israel. Jesus did what Old Testament Israel could not do. And this is critical for our salvation. And so as we make our way through this passage this morning, we want to see how it points us gloriously to the gospel. And we're going to see each person of the Trinity. First of all, the baptism of the Son. Then, the descent of the Spirit. And then, the voice of the Father. The baptism of the Son, the descent of the Spirit, and the voice of the Father. Now, as the passage begins, we are told that Jesus comes from Galilee to the Jordan in order to be baptized by John. And John recognizes Jesus, doesn't he? He knows who Jesus is. Now, it's not really clear how well these two know each other at this point. But, but remember, children, Jesus and John were cousins. They were cousins. In fact, Mary stayed with Elizabeth in the hill country of Judah when they were both pregnant. And according to Luke 1, during this time, they shared with each other how blessed they were to give birth to the Messiah and also to his herald. And Elizabeth, John's mother, she knew before Jesus' birth that, that Jesus would be, that her baby would be the Messiah, that Mary's child would be the Messiah. That is why Elizabeth addressed Mary as the mother of my Lord. And, and certainly Elizabeth would have shared this knowledge with her son John. And so Jesus comes out to the Jordan and John recognizes him. Now, as we saw last week, um, John's baptism was a symbol it was a symbol of the need for cleansing. When you were baptized by John, you were essentially saying, I'm a sinner and, and I can't change who I am. I deserve the judgment of God. God, only you can wash me clean. God, have mercy upon me. And so Jesus comes to John to be baptized by John. And John asked the same question that we ask, why? Lord, you're, you're not a sinner. You don't need to repent of any sins. You need to baptize me. I'm the sinner. I'm the one who needs cleansing. And when we read this, we, we all understand John's reasoning. Lord, this, this makes no sense. Someone as high and holy as you coming to me to be baptized. Now notice how John resp or Jesus responds in verse 15. Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, in order to fulfill all righteousness, Jesus must be baptized by John. Now, now the key to answering this why question, why was Jesus baptized, is to understand what this phrase, fulfill all righteousness, really means. How does Jesus' baptism Fulfill all righteousness. Is there something in the law of Moses that states that every Israelite must be baptized by John? Well, you won't find that in the Bible. The, the reason why Jesus is baptized is not for himself. The reason Jesus is baptized is for you 
and for me. His baptism was necessary to fulfill what God requires of us. Think of what we looked at last week. When the Jews would come out to be baptized by John, they would first confess their sins before being baptized. Again, they would confess, I am a sinner and I need to be cleansed. And then they would enter into the waters of baptism, which was symbolic of something that only God can do. Only God can cleanse you. Now you say, okay, I get that. That makes sense. But whose sins was Jesus confessing? Jesus didn't have any sins to confess. Very simply, he was confessing all of our sins. You see, the Bible teaches us that that while Jesus did not have any sin of his own, he did carry sin. He carried your sin, Christian. He carried my sin. He carried the sins of all whom he came to save. Here are a couple of verses, if you want to write them down, you can do that. Very important verses regarding what Christ did for us. Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. God laid on Jesus the iniquity of all of his chosen people. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who knew no sin, listen, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's the answer to the question, why was Jesus baptized? He identifies with his people as a sinner. He submits to something, namely baptism, that, that declares the need to be cleansed, not for himself, but for us. It was, as he says to John, it's the only way to fulfill all righteousness. It's the only way to fulfill the righteousness, righteous requirement we need to enter the kingdom of God. Here is our Savior in his baptism, symbolically taking our sins upon himself. Here he is, repenting, as it were, for every sin I have ever committed or ever will commit. This is what he means when he says it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. He must confess my sins as his own sins, and he must receive the judgment that I deserve. Now, this is where we need to see the Old Testament connection that is being made here. I've told you Many times already in Matthew, Matthew talks a lot about the Old Testament. There is a connection between what is happening here in the the Jordan River and what happened when Israel went through the Red Sea in the book of Exodus. Children, you remember that when Israel left Egypt, they had to go through the Red Sea. And, And the Red Sea was really a place of judgment That's where Pharaoh and his army were drowned in the waters of judgment. You might remember these sober words from Exodus 14, verse 30. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Imagine being there that day and seeing Pharaoh and his massive army, all of them dead on the seashore. 
as God destroyed them in the waters of judgment. Well, just as Israel went down into that sea of judgment, Matthew is picturing for us here Jesus going down into the waters of judgment. And and really what we have here is a picture of what Jesus will do at the cross. This is a, a foreshadowing. This is a preview of what will happen at Calvary. Here at the very beginning of his public ministry, Jesus identifies with his people by taking all of their sins upon himself and then receiving God's judgment for those sins. Now here in Matthew 3, it is a symbol. But on the cross, it will really happen. On the cross, Christian, Jesus took the punishment that that you deserve so that you will never receive that punishment. And so what a beautiful picture we have here of the cross is as Jesus goes down into the waters, picturing what God did in judgment in the Red Sea. Now that's not the only thing that's foreshadowed here in the baptism of Jesus. Don't miss what verse 16 says of Matthew 3. It says, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately, what? He went up from the water. Children, did the Egyptians come out of the Red Sea? No, they were drowned. They were destroyed in the waters of God's judgment. How about the wicked during the time of Noah? Did the wicked come up out of the flood and live? No, they were destroyed in the waters of God's judgment. Does Jesus remain in the Jordan River? No, he comes up out of the water, a glorious foreshadowing of his victorious resurrection. And as he rises from the water, he leaves your sin behind. He comes up, as it were, clean. And if you are united to Christ by true faith, the Bible says that you are clean, that the blood of Jesus has washed away all of your sins. Remember the words of Isaiah 1. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. And so I want you to see that that the baptism of Jesus is far more than just a a restatement of something that happened 2,000 years ago. This is far more than than Jesus just going to the Jordan River to be baptized by John and Matthew, giving us kind of the historical accounting of that. The entire purpose for Jesus' coming is foreshadowed for us here in his baptism. His death and his resurrection for sinners. Now the second thing we see here is the descent of the Spirit. Jesus comes up out of the water And verse 16 says, Behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. Now this is certainly a reminder that Christ was anointed by the Spirit to carry out his work. You might remember what the Messiah says in Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And so the Spirit 
comes upon Jesus to empower him for his earthly ministry. But I want you to see this morning, there's more to it than that. That's why we need to know the Old Testament and the Old Testament connection. So if you have your Bible, go to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. I know most of you know what Genesis 1-1 says, but it's good at least to see it in front of us. Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Notice what it says next. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Here is the Holy Spirit about to bring creation. And, and this image of the Spirit hovering over the face of the waters is intentionally bird-like. Picturing the Spirit as hovering like a bird over the waters. Well, here at the baptism of Jesus, the Spirit once again hovers a sign that a new creation is about to come in Christ. Think back to the flood. Go over just a few chapters to the right to Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8. Genesis 8, 8. Then Noah sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot, and she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still in the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him anymore. So you see what's going on. Noah sends a dove out of the ark. This dove hovers over the face of the waters, waiting to see when the judgment of God is over, waiting to see when it's safe to return to the world. And when the world is ready, the dove rests upon it. One more. Think about Israel. The Red Sea collapsed upon Pharaoh and his army, destroying them in the judgment of God. Israel, though, was led safely through those waters. And children, do you know how Israel was led through the waters of the Red Sea? They were led by the cloud, which is God's spirit. The book of Deuteronomy even tells us that God came down as a bird hovering over his people and leading them through the sea to dry ground. And so get the picture here. You have the spirit hovering as a bird over creation, Genesis 1. You have the dove hovering over the waters waiting for the new world in Genesis 8. And you have the spirit hovering over Israel bringing her through the waters of judgment to dry land. That's what's happening here in shadow form. Jesus has taken the judgment that we deserve. He has taken our sins. He has gone into the waters of baptism. And he then comes up out of the waters of judgment. And the spirit, like a dove, 
comes to settle on the new creation that is found only in Jesus. Now here in Matthew 3, again, it's only a symbol. But at Christ's resurrection, it will become reality. And if we are in Christ by true faith, we are part of that new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. Christian, you're a new creation. In Christ, your sins have been judged and put away. In Christ, you have risen to newness of life. In Christ, the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon you. In Christ, you have left this world of sin and death behind. And in Christ, you will live beyond this world. You will live forever in the world to come. Christian, this is who you are. You're no longer part of this passing evil age. And therefore, the call for us is to live as the new creations that we are. Live as the redeemed, forgiven, spirit-indwelt children of God that we are. We have new priorities. We have new loves. We have new hope beyond this life. And so we have the baptism of the Son. We have the descent of the Spirit. And finally, we have the voice of the Father. Jesus comes up out of the waters as the Holy Spirit comes to rest upon him, we hear a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. What's the purpose of the voice? Why does, why does God the Father make this declaration from heaven? Well, again, we have to remember what is being foreshadowed here. Jesus takes our sin upon himself and he goes down into those waters of judgment. And symbolically, he dies in our place. But then he rises from the waters. Symbolic again of what he will do later on when he is victorious over sin, Satan, and death. The descent of the Spirit signifying the new creation that is found only in Christ. And as God the Father speaks these words... We hear the glorious reality that ought to comfort every single one of us that God was pleased with his son. And he was pleased with his work. He was pleased with the sacrifice that the son offered on behalf of all those the father had chosen. And his resurrection is proof that Jesus is who he claimed to be, the divine son of God and the savior of sinners. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We like it, don't we, when people tell us that they are pleased with us. We appreciate encouraging words from other people. There's no better thing than to hear that God is pleased with us. There's no better thing than to hear God say, I am well pleased with you. But here's our problem. Because of our sin nature, I can't hear those words. Because of our sin nature, we cannot hear God say, I am well pleased with you. But here we are told there is one with whom God is pleased. 
And you know, the glorious truth of the gospel is that if you are in Christ by faith, God is pleased with you as well. Jesus pleased the Father perfectly as your representative. And so when you despair over your sin, when you despair over your weakness, when you kick yourself over your failures and your struggles, don't look within. Look to Christ. Remember what we sing. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free for God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. That's where we look. We look to the Lord Jesus Christ. We look to the one with whom God was well pleased. And if we are in him, he is well pleased with us. I ask you this morning, do you recognize your need to be cleansed? Do you recognize that there is nothing that you can do to cleanse yourself? There's nothing you can do to change your condition. There's no achievements that you can perform that will make God pleased with you in yourself. You must look to the Lord Jesus Christ for the cleansing that you need. Jesus was not baptized for himself. He was baptized for you and for me. Jesus did not go into the waters of judgment for himself. He did not cry upon the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because of his own sin, for he had none. He went into the waters of judgment for you and for me. He rose from the dead for you and for me. And, and now through faith in him, the, the words that the father speaks of his son are now spoken of you, Christian. They apply to you in Christ. You are the dearly loved child of God. And in Christ, the father is well pleased with you. It's not because of who you are. It's because of who Jesus is. It, it's because of him that the Father can now say of you, this is my beloved child. With him or her, I am well pleased. In his commentary on the Gospel of Matthew, William Hendrickson says that this passage is quote-unquote filled with comfort. As I said to you at the beginning, we, we look at this and it looks like just this historical account of something that happened between Jesus and John 2,000 years ago. But as Hendrickson says, it is a passage that is filled with comfort. Comfort for every single believer in Christ. Comfort for every believer who sits in this room this morning or who watches on live stream. This is comfort for you. Because as Hendrickson makes the point, here we see all three members of the Trinity 
working in perfect harmony for our salvation. We see that the Son loves us so much that he came to take our sin and our judgment that we might be redeemed. We see that the Spirit comes to to anoint and to empower the Son to carry out this very task. And we see that the Father is so pleased with his Son, so pleased with the work that he will later accomplish, that he booms from heaven. This is my beloved Son. Christian, let me encourage you to find the comfort of this passage and to rest in what the triune God has done for you. If you've been blessed by this podcast and would like to support this ministry, you can find us at www.goodnewsinadarkworld.com. Thank you for listening.